This is FemPower Health. Each week, top women's health experts dispel fact from fiction. The most important pelvic floor exercise is not the Kegel. Challenge the status quo. It's never easy to challenge the accepted leaders, and especially if you're a woman. Provide perspective on why your healthcare journey may be so tough. All of that fear and worry, it all upregulates our nervous system, puts us into fight or flight mode, and increases our pain sensitivity. And what you can do about it. The number one thing is you have to advocate for yourself, and you have to be prepared. Your journey to get empowered starts now. When it comes to women's health, data point after data point shows that women spend years grinning and bearing it or visiting doctor after doctor seeking answers, whether it be a diagnosis or treatment. Given the limited data available on women's health and the lack of education we have about our own bodies, it is no wonder this is the case. Welcome to the FemPower Health Podcast, which aims to change this narrative. I'm Georgie Kovacs, your host. I'm sharing with you what I wish I had known in my 10-year fertility journey and continue to learn today. And it is my belief that these learnings translate to all women's health topics. So listen, learn, and share. Hi, everyone. I'm Georgie Kovacs, host of the Fertility For Me podcast with an exciting announcement. Fertility for me is transitioning to Fem Power Health, allowing the conversation to better capture the essence that we as women face in today's healthcare system, which is a critical lack of trusted information, only creating a rabbit hole of Google searches and years of seeking answers while visiting multiple doctors along the journey. Imagine instead a world where a woman can walk into her seven-minute doctor appointment with information about what is happening with her body and a list of questions to maximize that time. I believe that by interviewing women's experts and asking thought-provoking questions, this podcast will transform the narrative around women's health from what we don't know to all that we do know. So perhaps it helps to share how I got to today. About 10 years ago, I was married and returned from my honeymoon, ready to celebrate my new life. And I happened to have um, my annual exam with my OBGYN and she asked some questions, drew some blood, typical appointment. The next day I get a very surprising phone call, which was, you need to go to a fertility doctor. I was in a complete daze and had no idea what lie ahead of me. Now, to give you some background, I've spent my entire career in the biopharmaceutical industry, and I was a chemistry major in college, so I'm very comfortable with science and speaking to doctors, but even I was completely in over my head and overwhelmed with what was happening. So I spent three years going from doctor to doctor, and a part of that was I was really learning what it was about, how to determine who the good doctors were. And quite frankly, in my first appointment, I met with one doctor for my consult. And in the second appointment where I had the vaginal ultrasound, the doctor didn't even introduce himself and told me I had to go straight to do an IVF. And I was just overwhelmed and felt mistreated. So I left. So anyhow, so I went to several doctors over the three years and kept being diagnosed with unexplained infertility. And that was quite frustrating because I thought either science has not caught up with what was going on with me and that's why we couldn't get a diagnosis or the doctors simply weren't trying hard enough. So either way, it was frustrating. 
After about three years, I finally got a diagnosis. And honestly, I think one of the best days of my life was finding out I was pregnant. Another was when my son was born. But I'll tell you, a close third is finding out the diagnosis because living all those years not knowing was so incredibly frustrating. So after the diagnosis, I had surgery and I was able to get pregnant on my first try. And since then, I've tried having another pregnancy using the youngest embryos that I had, and that turned into a chemical pregnancy. I've tried egg freezing, embryo freezing, and several different protocols. So hopefully that gives you perspective on my really, really knowing what this is all about and how challenging it is um, for women's health. But over time, I came to learn that the data around fertility struggles extended to all aspects of women's health, whether you have examples like PCOS, a thyroid condition, endometriosis, or something else. You may show no symptoms, slight symptoms, or severe symptoms, yet it often takes a number of doctors and years to be diagnosed and even more time to receive the proper treatment that is most suitable to you. Worse is that most women grin and bear it, not even knowing something is wrong. Additionally, we aren't taught enough about our bodies to have even the slightest concept of what is normal for us as an individual. Yep, it is true. Often doctors or us as even women pay attention to issues within our bodies only when struggling to conceive, or in some cases we're in extreme severe pain and must do something. However, even if one were trying to get pregnant, until the root cause of a condition or symptom is identified, one can't achieve that pregnancy or they can't even feel better, lose weight, or whatever your health goal is. Yes, one in eight couples do struggle with infertility, but it's also true that one in 10 women have endometriosis, one in 10 have PCOS, and Hashimoto's thyroiditis affects 10 women for every one diagnosed man. However, it appears that the conversation... When, it, when we are talking about trying to conceive is focused on things like timing intercourse around ovulation, whether or not you should do an IVF, uh, whether or not you should freeze your eggs, the two-week wait, and how many embryos to transfer, which supplements to take, which diets to try. All of these are incredibly important. However, in the past 10 years since my own journey began, I've had the opportunity to step back from the daily grind of injections and appointments and have since observed a larger theme. Women's health is simply not as understood as it should be by both medical professionals and women. And if it is not, don't you think it impacts our overall well-being? More importantly, if the root issues aren't solved for, your symptoms continue, your life is altered, and if you're trying to conceive and are at the stage of an IVF, it may not even work. Clinical trials and the appropriate support simply aren't there. I recall speaking to a doctor running one of the top PCOS clinics in the nation who agrees that having psychologists and nutritionists in partnership with OBGYNs or reproductive endocrinologists is critical to holistically support PCOS patients. However, instead of having a support system all in one place, PCOS patients face a harsh reality. Some have symptoms that are dismissed where countless times they are directed that either they will never have children or to not worry about PCOS till they're trying to have children. Meanwhile, they face detrimental psychological symptoms, hair loss, difficulty losing weight, among others. On the flip side, if they are diagnosed and have a support network, they likely find it on their own and have to run from one office to the other trying to coordinate all the tips and prescriptions across these specialists either scenario is bound to impact one's quality of life. 
From a clinical trial perspective, when looking at the economics of disease burden against NIH funding, diabetes is 350 to 1, whereas for endometriosis, it is 13,000 to 1. What this means is that endometriosis creates a huge economic burden, yet the dollars for research are simply not there. Ask any woman with endometriosis what it is like to live with this condition. Some live in sheer pain almost every day. Some refuse intercourse because it hurts too much and they don't know where to go for relief. Many do post on Instagram about endobelly, where they essentially walk around looking pregnant all day long. In the days of social media, where we're all competing over who's got the cutest picture and the best edited photo, and we're all worried about our physical appearance, imagine how endobelly may impact self-esteem. Worse, the inconsistencies, even among top experts in the world, on diagnosing and treating women for various conditions exists as well. I recall attending the recent American Society for Reproductive Medicine conference, and one of the sessions, sessions was about diagnosis on septate uterus, which requires surgery to fix. Now, it's true that having a septate uterus is not extremely common, but I think the point I'm trying to make is an important one. So while the septate uterus does not necessarily impact conception, it can cause miscarriages. Experts from the U.S. and Europe shared their criteria and they looked at data for how many more or less women would have been diagnosed using each other's criteria. As a woman, I was horrified. So you mean to tell me experts can't even agree if a woman were to have a septate uterus? First, as a woman, I likely wouldn't even know I'd have to ask if I have one. And second, if I did, I could go to multiple doctors and they may all disagree with each other. Now, I could quote data like this for the next few hours. Instead, feel free to read Maya Dusenberry's Doing Harm, the truth about how bad medicine and lazy science leave women dismissed, diagnosed, and sick. Or Abby Norman's Ask Me About My Uterus, a quest to make doctors believe in women's pain. Look, I'm not at all trying to say doctors are bad. My point is that they, like us women, work with the best information we have, which is frankly not enough information. I don't know about you, but why did I learn at 36 years old that my cervical fluid changes throughout my cycle and at around ovulation, it should be egg white? All I learned in school is don't have sex, condoms are important, periods are bad, and women make babies. And I'm not the only one. I see time and time again women posting about their fertile window and ovulation date using one of the 100 plus existing apps, but in the social thread, it is clear the context of the data results produced by the app is missing. It is so much more than did my BBT drop enough to show that this was my ovulation window. BBT charts provide an immense amount of information about your hormones and can signal health issues, especially when measuring cervical fluid and the cervix position alongside your basal body temperature. And now ask anyone, male or female, to draw a penis. Now ask them to draw a vulva. A vulva, you ask? Well, we all typically call this the vagina, but that is the cave that babies come out of. All the other parts are called the vulva, which are the outer parts and 60% of women can't even identify their own body parts. Over the past decade, I have closely observed both my experiences and that of other women. What is clear is we each possess and share a wealth of information, but need better avenues to scale that in absence of sufficient data. I think about when I had my son, how I realized I was a terrible friend to those who had kids before I did, but then soon realized I was now the resource for those who have children after me. Same goes for my endometriosis diagnosis and autoimmune issues. 
I have heard countless women share this feeling. So let's let go of the guilt and work together. But we need all of you. Those whose health concerns and questions are under control and answered, and those who are just finding their way. It is for these reasons Fertility for Me is becoming FemPower Health. I want to provide you with information you may not have even known existed. I want to extend the conversation beyond getting pregnant and into the whole self, your period, your hormones, your vulva and vagina, and your reproductive organs. While the podcast is one element, FemPower Health also leverages women's sharing and collaborative behavior through our website, social media, and Facebook group to provide guidance and build a community because seven-minute doctor appointments are simply not enough. It is my hope that by interviewing experts and asking thought-provoking questions, this podcast and the community we build will transform women's health. What's important to me as we move forward is to hear from you. What topics do you want us to cover? When we interview an expert, what specific questions might you have? What did you think of a podcast of ours that you listened to? Change will happen when we join forces. I am so excited to be on this journey with each and every one of you and incredibly grateful for the experts willing to share their wisdom on this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Check out our website at fempower-health.com, which supports your desire to learn important information, prepare for your seven-minute doctor appointments, and share your knowledge and experiences. If you like what we discussed in today's FemPower Health podcast, subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to tell your friends. The more we work together, the bigger the impact we can make on women's health. And remember, the information we discussed is not to be substituted as medical advice. Always go to a trained professional of your choosing.